Thank you for tuning in to the Hope Community Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the beautiful gospel series presented by Hope Community Church. Uh, we talked in our last episode about uh, just a, like a general introduction to what uh, we're going to be talking about. And uh, I presented that we were going to start getting into the acronym WEAT, which uh, describes um, the beautiful gospel really well. It's not the end-all be-all, and uh, I'm not really one for, uh, you know, almost like an algebraic uh, formula or a one-two-three process, but it does do a very good job, at least in my opinion, a very good job of describing, you know, what the uh, beautiful gospel the relentless love of the Father towards humanity, what it actually is. And um, Chuck McKnight is the one who came up with this acronym, and I think he does a really good job. Um, but once again, the the WEED acronym, uh, each letter stands for uh, a phrase. Uh, w stands for wounded children. H stands for human solidarity. E stands for exhaustive reconciliation. A stands for absolute grace. And T stands for transformative Love, and we're going to get into those here over the next few weeks. But I kind of want to take another moment, uh, not to do another intro, uh, but I felt like I didn't hit, uh, you know, uh, didn't hit this idea of just how much the Father loves us and how He sees us, and how Jesus is revealing this relentless love. And so, there's three things that you need to know. You need to know that God's love is unconditional that God's power is irresistible, and that God never gives up. That is his relentless love. And so you start asking yourself a question, uh, and you start asking yourself um, a question about you and about humanity around you. Um, Ask yourself, how much are you worth to God? How much is someone you love worth? Think about that. How, how much is someone you, that you love worth? Um, how much are folks worth that you don't like or that you don't love? And so when you think about those things, how much is someone worth who God loves? How much does he love them? And so we have to understand that in the eyes of God, all humanity is priceless. And the reason why is because that's who God is. God is love. And so the relentless love of the beautiful gospel was the major teaching of the early church. The early church was the closest to the apostles. Think about it. They were the closest to the apostles. Um, they actually read the New Testament in their in their native tongue. Um, they uh, grew and impacted their culture. Uh, they established faith that we now possess. They wrote the creeds. Um, you know, they, they turned their whole world upside down outside of, you know, five or six years. It's amazing. Um, and so this idea of, of, of relentless love, the beautiful gospel, uh, that, that, that God sees all of humanity as priceless, um, that is really the basis of what the church was presenting for the first 500 years of its existence. Um, There were six centers 
uh, six centers of of Christianity back then. Um, Alexandria, Caesarea, Antioch, and Eastern Syria, all of them uh, were teaching this idea of God's relentless love, of this beautiful gospel. Um, The uh, North African church, they're the ones that had this idea that humanity was not good and that humanity, uh, actually, some were getting in and some were getting not getting in. And so, you know, that thought process came from Augustine. Um, the other uh, center, the fifth center, so to speak, there's six, four definitely taught this idea of relentless love and beautiful gospel. One taught, you know, die hard that there's going to be separation, uh, that... Um, that some of them, some folks are elect and some folks aren't. Uh, and then there was this one that was kind of middle ground um, that had this idea. It's, it's, it's basically called annihilationism, but basically that um, when folks, you know, they have a choice to the point where if, if they ultimately uh, deny and say they want nothing to do with God, then he just annihilates them or, or they, they no longer exist. Um, so, those were the three main points uh, that the early church was teaching. The North African church, which is where this Augustine thought came from, it, that's where the Western church came out of. And so most of the churches that are planted here in the United States, this that's the thought frame that they came out of. Um, but the Eastern church, uh, which would have been Alexandria, Caesarea, Antioch, and Eastern Syria, uh, and that influence is still alive and well today. Um, those teachings are still here, and it's really where the majority of the church was at when it first started. Um, you have guys like uh, Origen, uh, Theodore of, of Mesopotamia. <laughs> you have um, uh, Clement of Alexandria. He taught that um, if God was unable to save, that if God is unable to save, that's crazy. That's unthinkable. If he's unwilling to save all, that's unthinkable. But God is the Lord of the universe who desires salvation for the entire universe. And uh, another quote that he has is, For either the Lord does not care for all men because he is unable, which is not even to have be a thought, for it would be proof of God's weakness, or because he is unwilling, which is not an attribute of a good being, right? If if God is unwilling to save, that doesn't really sound like a good God. Or uh, he does not care for all of humanity or all of the universe, and that's not befitting for who we call the Lord. Um, but he is Savior, not of some and, and not of just a few, but for all things are arranged with a view to the salvation of the universe by the Lord of the universe. He's a Lord of the, Lord of the universe, and he is saving the entire universe. Origen uh, was another uh, early church father. He wrote all kinds of theology books. Um, he said that God will overcome evil by changing evildoers. He will transform his enemies. How can he do that? Well, nothing is impossible for God. A good example of that is, right, Paul. Um, Gregory of Nicaea was another early church father. He taught evil will pass over into non-existence. It will disappear utterly from the realm of existence because divine goodness will encompass everything. It's not evil doers. It's evil that will pass away. Uh, 
And so the concept here is that sin is not powerful, more powerful than grace. Darkness is not more powerful than light and evil is not more powerful than good. So one of the early church um, symbols is the fish symbol. And maybe you've seen them on the back of a car or somewhere and we kind of overplay that or we, um, you know, don't really understand the meaning behind that symbol. It's called an ichthus. And normally you'll see the fish and then inside you'll have I-X-O-Y-E. And it's not necessarily our alphabet that's there. That's the Greek alphabet. Um, but um, that symbol uh, is a picture of the beautiful gospel of God's relentless love. It, it, it's, it means Jesus Christ, God's son, savior of the world. And that phrase and that symbol literally transformed the entire Roman empire. Um, it, they would use that symbol to show um, this is where church met. This is where um, a certain Christian family was. They would uh, show it to acknowledge one another. Cause you got to remember at that time they were being persecuted. Um, but it was with this symbol that they turned the Roman empire upside down. Uh, the I, uh, Iosus represented, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, stood for Jesus. The X was Christos, that's the anointed. Uh, the TH was Theo, which is God's. Uh, the U is, is or uh, the, the U there is the um, Vios, or son. Uh, S is Soter, savior. And so this, this relentless love pictured in this symbol uh, used by the early church was showing um, the true nature of God. His love is unconditional, and He wants to save everyone. Second Peter three nine says, "Everyone comes to repentance." Everyone. First um, Timothy two four talks about all people to be saved. See, a good shepherd with a hundred sheep is not satisfied with only ninety nine sheep, right? He does everything he can. He searches until he finds what is lost. The woman with 10 silver corns, coin, corns, <laughs> 10 silver coins is not satisfied with 90% of her wealth. See churches, see, see churches, see churches, see searches for that other 10%, that other lost coin. The prodigal son's father feels incomplete with only 50% of his family. And so he rejoices when his son comes home and they are whole. So we have to see here that the father is not satisfied with the restoration of 50%, 90%, or even 99%. He wants the whole. And so he seeks until he finds, and he waits until those who are lost are found. He's not willing that anyone would remain forever separated from him. And Luke one thirty seven. in case you're thinking, well, this is impossible. There's no way that this can happen. Listen, Luke one thirty seven says nothing is impossible for God. Um. We cannot do anything, just think about this, we cannot do anything that the Father and His divine love cannot overcome. You know, we have free will, but there's nothing that we can do to contradict His power and His love that cannot, that He cannot overcome to get to us. God never gives up, and He will, He will bring ultimate Revelation. Look at the end of Revelation. The gates are always open. The fruit of the tree is always available. Its leaves are for the healing of the nations. <laughs> there will no longer be a curse. Uh, a call is given out for those outside the gate to come in 
and the spirit, the spirit and the bride are already in the gate. And he says that the gates are always open and there's a call for all those who are outside to come in. And that's showing us that God is good, that he is not cruel. He's able to save all, but uh, he, he's, he's willing to, to, to do everything he can to save all. He's not weak and that he's desiring to save all, but ultimately he's showing how powerful he actually is. And all of God's creation, all of it is beautiful and valuable beyond measure in his eyes. So let's take a look at that first part of the acronym, the word wounded children. And I think uh, from looking at some of that description of relentless love that we would understand that God is not afraid to get a little dirty. He's not afraid to get down in the dirt and he's not afraid to get down to his children that are broken. So the God that Jesus reveals This is where we're going. The God that Jesus revealed. God is perfectly revealed in Jesus. John 1.1 In the beginning, the Word, the Logos, already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus is the expression of the Father. He's what God has to say. He is God's mind made up. In John 14.9, Jesus said, Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. In Colossians 1.15-17, Paul goes on to say that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So, So that's the beginning of this good news. Jesus reveals who the Father really is, and Jesus is a consistent, he's not a broken picture, but he's a consistent picture of the Father. If you take Jesus out of this picture, what we're given is a fractured view of the Father. So we have to see God through Jesus, and if if what we see contradicts Jesus and what's revealed through Jesus, then, what we, then we're not really seeing who the Father is, we're actually seeing a man-made image of the Father. So at the transfiguration, this is Matthew 17, Mark 9, Luke 9. There's this picture here where Moses um, Moses is here, and you've got Elijah, and then there's Jesus. And there's a few disciples there, and Peter looks and he goes, let's make tents for all three and let's honor all of them. But the father speaks and says, this is my son. All right, there's three guys on the side of the hill, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. The father speaks and said, this is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. And then Moses and Elijah disappear, and now Jesus remains. So think about that for a second. You have Moses. Moses normally represented the Old Testament law. Elijah normally represented the Old Testament prophets, right? They're there with Jesus. And then the father speaks and says, this is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. And not that the prophets and the law were not important, but they were pointing to this moment. They were pointing to who Jesus is and what Jesus is going to do. And now Jesus is here to reveal the true intention, to reveal the ultimate reality that the father is. And that is this beautiful gospel. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, check out our webpage. It's wearehopecommunity.com. Peruse some of the things that we got going on there. There's a blog, some more media. Um, there's a place to give if you would like to. Um, you can check out some other services that we have got. Um, but more importantly, we'd love to hear from you. And there's a place where you can just 
write a question, shoot us an email, whatever. We'd love to hear from you. You can also check out our Facebook page and our Instagram. Uh, you can connect to us, connect with us through those as well. But thank you so much for tuning in today. And remember that you are valuable beyond measure. <laughs>